All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Laos Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on Thine is the Kingdom. Uh, this will be part four. I'm not sure if I'm going to have a part five next week. Uh, we'll see if God's going to have us in the next direction or if we're going to continue on. So anyway, um, with that said, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us with their tithes and their offerings and their contributions. And if you're wondering how you can do so, you can simply go to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org and in the top right corner, it's, it's highlighted blue, it's a blue button, says give. You can give, give from anywhere around the world. And if you uh, rather send us a check, you can simply make those checks payable to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And on the bottom foot of every page on our website, you will find our mailing address. And uh, if you're in the United States, just so you know all your tax, all of your contributions, excuse me, are tax deductible as we are a 503 church. All right. Well, without all that said, let's go ahead and jump into our message this morning. <coughs> you know, I was a, I was praying this morning, and even last night I was through my sleep, and uh, I'm not going to go into everything I dreamed last night, but God, I believe God was just speaking to me in my, my, my dream last night, my, my sleep, and this happens from time to time. But what I want to piggyback with you guys before we get into the message this morning is, you know, the reason why we are here, the reason why we are teaching these things, the reason why I teach about the kingdom of God is this thing called Christianity. And excuse me, my, my terminology for that, this thing. But Christianity is supposed to work. It's supposed to work. Okay. And this is real. This is life and death. This is, this is, this is the this is God. This is the kingdom of God. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the living God. And we should be experiencing things that we're not experiencing. We should be walking a whole new dominion, a whole new uh, uh, a way of life. Uh, we are the head and not the tail. We are above, not beneath. We are the children of God. We are the people of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are uh, we are born of God. We are saved, we are redeemed, we have the full, the, the, the Godhead living inside us bodily, we have everything that the kingdom uh, represents, we have everything God has provided for us through Jesus Christ and more. We have the whole kingdom and the keys of the kingdom. And this life, this, <coughs> this Christian life, it's not just something we do on Sunday. It's not just something that we believe and and we do, we just live the rest of our lives on our own. No, we. This is just I I can't even put into words what I want to express this morning, but we are the people of God, and we are part of a kingdom, and we are kings and priests in that kingdom, and Christianity is supposed to work. God is supposed to be reigning in our life, the life of God, the grace of God. The righteousness of God is supposed to be reigning in our life. The joy of God, the love of God, the peace of God. God is supposed to be reigning in our lives, through our lives, in our bodies, in our finances, in our relationships and whatnot. We are different than the world. Okay, We, act, we, we behave differently than the world. 
we are supposed to be seeing the power of God. We're supposed to be seeing supernatural things and miracles happening as the norm, not the abnormal. Okay? And there's so much that we are missing out on, including myself, including ourselves. But I preach these things not because I'm necessarily living in these perfectly, but I preach these things because it's the Word of God. It's the truth. And the truth will set us free. Okay? The truth is truth whether you believe it to be true or whether I believe it to be true. The truth is not made based on a vote. The truth is truth. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. So with that said, we're talking about the kingdom of God. The title of this message, Thine is the Kingdom, comes from the Lord's Prayer. When he says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he concludes that prayer. Excuse me. He, con he concludes that prayer by saying, Thine is the kingdom. And so, it's his kingdom. It's not our kingdom. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the king. He is it's his majesty on high. He is God. We're not God. He's Jesus. We're not Jesus. We are born of the Spirit. Whatever is spirit is spirit. Whatever is flesh is flesh. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. <coughs> All other kingdoms will pass away, but his kingdom will live forever. Okay? But he said, Thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's his kingdom. But his kingdom is here. And his kingdom is within us. And we have the keys of that kingdom. Okay, so there's so much I can pick back on that. But we've been talking about different aspects of the kingdom of God. And as we've been looking at those aspects, the kingdom of God has a lot to say about righteousness. Okay, but today I want to look at another aspect of the kingdom of God and connect and continue to connect the dots as we've been connecting the last three or four weeks. Okay, this is part four. And so you're gonna, I'm going to be sharing a lot of familiar scriptures that we've already covered. But before I go there, I'm going to be entering a whole other concept and hopefully connecting the dots. Okay? And so, in Mark chapter 4, in Mark chapter 4, and you're going to hear some of these things echoed in Matthew as well as Luke. But in Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, and he said, the, he, and he said Jesus speaking, the kingdom of God is that if man should scatter seed on the ground. In other words, the kingdom of God is like seed. Okay? In Mark chapter 4, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives three parables. And he gives three parables about the kingdom of God. And he relates and connects <coughs> excuse me, he connects the kingdom of God to seed. Okay? And three of those parables. He gives other parables about the kingdom of God and different things. But Three of those parables, he talked about the kingdom of God and how it relates to the seed. In other words, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. Jesus already said, the kingdom of God is not by observation. It's within you. But this kingdom, how it works, is like a seed. If you can understand how a seed works, you can understand how the kingdom of God works. You can understand how the word of God works. The kingdom of God is a seed. <coughs> So we understand that we have we have the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. 
And we've been talking a lot about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteous, joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit. But how this kingdom works is the same way that a seed, a seed works. It's like if a man should scatter seed in the ground. That's how the kingdom of God works. That's what the kingdom of God is like. That's how the kingdom of God is supposed to operate. So if we can understand seed, we can understand how the, <coughs> how the kingdom of God should be operating in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our nations. Okay? Now, this is Mark chapter 4. But in Matthew, Jesus gives a, in Mark 4, and, and also in Luke chapter 8, Jesus gives a parable. Okay? Of, of the sower. But in Matthew, he explains it. And in Matthew 13, and then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares. Now, this is not the parable of the seller of the seed, this is the parable of the tares in the field, excuse me, I misquoted. And he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, that's Jesus. Jesus is sowing the good seed. And he goes on to say, The field is the world. Okay? So this is, different. this is not the parable of the seller. This is a different parable. And the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. I'll come back to that. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. That's the harvest. Okay? The son of man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom... He's talking about the kingdom of God. All the things that are offend and those who practice lawlessness. And will cast them into the furnace of fire and there will be wailing gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the kingdom and their, uh, their father. And he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said this phrase, he who has ears, let him hear many times in his parables and teachings, including uh, the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Okay. Now we'll go, in Luke, let's go there just for a moment. In Luke, he says, Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. He, he said here that, 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 the good, that, that the field is the world. Okay. But then in Luke, excuse me, he says that the seed is the word of God. So the word of God is the seed. The field is the world. And... He also says here, I'm sorry for going back, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. Okay? So I think I even have this verse again right here. 1338. The field of the world, the, the field is the world, okay? The seed is the word of God, but the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. In other words, the, the harvest is that we are children. Jesus, how many of you know that, that, that and uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the seed of God's word produces children of the kingdom. Did, did Peter not say, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the word of God? The word of God is the seed. And the word of God produces us who are born again, sons of the kingdom, sons and daughters of the kingdom, children of the kingdom. Okay? The world of God, the, the, the field is the world. And the word of God has been sown. And you and I who are believers, we received that seed. We became born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God that was sown. 
Where were we, before we became born again, where were we in the world? Okay, we were in the field. But now we've been born again by the seed of God's word. And we have become sons of the kingdom. Children of the kingdom. Kings and priests of the kingdom of God. Okay, that's powerful. In other words, Colossians says it this way. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We know I've been born again. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. If you continue to read the scriptures in Matthew chapter 24, the church will continue to grow until the gospel of the kingdom has been preached unto all the world. That's what he says in Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom, the good news. I'm not talking about end time events right now. I'm talking about the good news of the kingdom. Will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then it will come. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Now, I need to go back here. Excuse me, I should have had this slide again earlier. But the, in, the harvest is the end of the age, the end of the world. Okay, that's the harvest. You know, we look at the end time events, and we, when you read the book of Revelation, you see all the horrible things that will happen in the world and happen in the earth. But the harvest, how I many you know when a, a woman gives birth, there's birth pains. Paul talks about this in Romans 8. There's birth pains. There's a groaning going on. Okay? But the harvest is the end of the age, where we are ushered into a physical kingdom, the kingdom of God. Okay? I don't have time to explain all of that and go into all that detail. Okay? Let me get back to where we were. Excuse me. Okay? So, this gospel will be preached in the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Why is the end will come? Because that's the harvest. That's the harvest that he just he just talked about. But we're talking about the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm not talking about end time events right now. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He compares it to seed. We've already discussed how we are born again, not a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed by the word of God. Okay, the word of God is the seed. And the kingdom of God is like the seed. It's like the word of God being sown in, in people's lives and changing people's lives and transforming people's lives. Okay? And were we not told in Isaiah, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a seed, a child is born. Unto us a son, a seed is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. It goes on to say in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. This is piggybacks on Galatians, where Paul, where Paul is quoting from Genesis chapter 22 from Abraham. Now, Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and he does not say unto his seed's plural, as of many, but as one, unto your seed, who is Christ. Who's this Christ? Who's this seed? Let me go back a bit. This child is born. 
the Son who's been given to us, the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. It's not the ink. The Word of God is a person, and His name is Jesus. His name is our Savior. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And at the increase of His government peace, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God is righteous joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And this, this seed, this Jesus, was sown into us who were in the world, who were in the field. And we became the sons of the kingdom. We became the people of God. Hopefully I'm making sense. I'm going over a lot of deep stuff right now. Okay? And so, again, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is like a seed. And this seed, this son, this child was born and given unto us. And the government, the kingdom, the government shall be on his shores. He's the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. So we're talking a lot about the kingdom of God. We're talking a lot about seed this morning. Okay. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a healing? Do you need a vision of what God's called you to do? Okay? It starts with a seed. It starts from a seed from the Word of God. It starts from a seed from God Himself, whether that be the Logos Word, the written Word, or whether that be God speaking to you a rhema word and giving you a word, this is the way, walking in it. Okay? But if you need a miracle, <coughs> excuse me, it starts with a seed. It starts with delighting yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart, committing your way to Him, trusting Him, and He will bring that seed into fruition, that seed into pass. For the Word of God will not return void, but will accomplish in the purpose that it was sent, Isaiah 55. Okay? Do you need a vision? Of what God's called you to be and what God's called you to do, it starts with a seed. It starts with hearing from God and getting a vision from God, not man, not your own vision, but a vision from God. And the vision God gives you will be something that you can't do without Him. If God gives you, if you say you got a vision from God and there's something you can do, it's not from God, it's not big enough. Because God will always call you to do something. That you can't do on your own, you will depend. You the only way you can do the things He's called you to do is that you depend on God, and you trust God, you wait on God, and you, and you receive from God. Okay, the just lives by faith. We don't live by sight. We're not going to trust ourselves. We are going to trust God, and we are going to rely on Him. So, the, without the seed being planted, conception can't take place. Do you know that this phrase, Word of God, I don't have it on the screen right here, but the Word of this, excuse me, sorry, I got, I want to do my mind check. This word seed in Scripture, especially the New Testament, is the word sperma. And it's used 44 times in the New Testament. This word seed means sperma. A sperm, until it's conceived, can't produce when it was designed by that creator to produce. God created the seed. God created sperm. 
and it's designed to do something, but it can't do something until it is conceived. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you know that seed can't do anything if it's sitting on the shelf, sitting in the package, sitting in the bag? It has to be sown into the soil. That sperm has to be sown into the womb for it to be conceived. Okay? And yet many Christians, like you and like me, we expect God, when we pray, we expect God to intervene in the situation. And we become frustrated because we don't see results. We don't see the miracle. We don't see the vision taking place. And why are we frustrated? Why are we not seeing results? Because we never conceived the miracle or the vision by planting the Word of God as seed into the soil. What's the soil? Our hearts. Let me say what I just said again. Many of us are expecting God to intervene when we pray. And we're frustrated because we're not seeing results. But the miracle, the provision, the healing, the direction, the wisdom that we need. When we never conceived the miracle, the vision, whatever we need. By planting the Word of God into the soil of our hearts, we need to get the seed, and we need to put it on the ground. We need to scatter it. We need to plant it into the soil of our heart. Church, friends, seed has to be planted. Jesus said, that the kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed. Jesus is telling us how the kingdom of God works. Jesus said that the word of God is like a seed. And you can understand how a seed works. And he said the seed is the word of God. So not only is Jesus telling us how the kingdom of God works, he's telling us how his word works. Because his word is like a seed. And his word doesn't do anything in a sense until it is planted in the ground and in the ground of our hearts Jesus is speaking in parables he's speaking an allegory but he's <coughs> excuse me he's telling us how the kingdom of God works and many of us are frustrated where's God what how come it's not working well you got to take the seed and you got to plant it in your hearts and the kingdom of God will the Word of God will work. God will work. Okay? The kingdom of God is like a seed. And it has to be planted. Again, in Mark chapter 4, this, this, this whole chapter, Jesus gives us three parables about the Word, about how the kingdom of God is like a seed. He gives three different parables. Two of those parables are pretty short. One of those parables is the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus says, this is the parable of all parables. He said in Mark chapter 4, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? In other words, the parable of the sower 
is the key to understanding the kingdom of God and how seed works and how God works and how his kingdom works. In other words, the word, the seed, the word is to the kingdom of God as the seed is to a harvest, naturally speaking. Let me say that again. The word, spiritually speaking, seed, is to the kingdom of God as a seed, naturally speaking, is to a natural harvest. Do you want a spiritual harvest? Then you need to plant the seed of God's word like you would a farmer planting the seed to expect a natural harvest. And the key, if you understand this parable, the parable of the sower, is the key to unlocking all the parables and understanding how the kingdom of God works. Am I making sense? Okay? Jesus compares the word of God to nature. Why? He created nature. He created the seed. He created the ground. He's the creator. He created sperm. He created, he is the word. He is the kingdom of God. He is God. See, this whole idea of, of God comparing the kingdom of God to nature is because this whole concept of seed is unchangeable. It only works one way. Okay? It, see, seed is not man's invention. God created it that way. God instituted it that way. See, all man's systems can be cheated. All man's systems can be manipulated. The legal system, the, the political system, by, by golly, the justice system, the educational system. You can actually graduate from school and never learn a thing. There are ways to cheat the system. Do I encourage it? Has everyone done it? No. There's, there's a lot of legitimate people who legitimately graduate and learn something. But there are people out here who have cheated the system, got a degree, but really didn't learn a thing. All they did was cram for tests and pass. They never retained it. They never learned the material. All they learned how to do was cram. And by the skin of their teeth, they passed the test, or multiple tests, and they graduated. But the kingdom of God, the word of God, is all about seed, time, and harvest. You can't cheat that. You can't microwave that. You can't geopet that. You can't make it go faster. You can't make it go slower. There's, not, there's one way to do it, and God created that system. There are laws that govern the kingdom of God, just like there are law, natural laws that God created that govern sea, time, and harvest. God created sea, time, and harvest. God created the whole idea of the growth cycle and the whole sea, time, and harvest cycle. The kingdom of God is like a seed. God 
created that. And God created the natural laws and the spiritual laws that surround this concept. He, he, God created the natural laws that created seed time and harvest from a, a natural point of view, like a farmer or a gardener. <coughs> Excuse me, but God created this whole system called seed time and harvest as an illustration for you and me how the kingdom of God works through God, whereby God created the spiritual laws. Just like He created the natural laws of seed time and harvest, God created the spiritual laws of seed time and harvest. And God says to Jesus that the way seed time and harvest works is exactly the same way the kingdom of God works. If you understand how seed time and harvest works, you understand the kingdom of God. It's not, it's, we, we, it's a mystery, but the mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Through Jesus, God has revealed the mystery. It's no longer a mystery. God does not work in mysterious ways. That man, man invented that. You will not find a scripture that says God works in mysterious ways. That is not scripture. That's man. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's mis that's twisting scripture. It was a mystery in the Old Testament. Jesus came. It's no longer a mystery. But you need the Holy Spirit to teach you. Okay. The Creator created seed time and harvest. And the Creator is speaking right now. And the Creator is telling you how the kingdom of God works. And the Creator created seed time and harvest to illustrate how the kingdom of God works. And if you will understand seed time and harvest, you will understand how the kingdom of God works. And you can use the keys of the kingdom and the kingdom that's within you to bind things, to loose things for the glory of God. Hallelujah. This is awesome. But in Mark chapter 4, we already started with verse 26. And he said to them, do you not understand the parable? Oh, I already read that. Excuse me. Let me catch up with myself. And he said to them, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. We just run down the ground. And should sleep by night and day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Okay? For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Well, I'll come back to that. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Okay? See, again, the, the ground is our hearts. I think he said that in here. Um, let me just look at it real quick. The ground is our hearts. He said that in another verse. I don't have that with me right here. Um, sorry, excuse me. Okay. This is Mark 4, 15. Same chapter. Just backing up a little bit. And these are the ones by the wayside with the world... world, world Word is sown, word is seed. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was uh, sown in where? The hearts. The word of God is sown in our hearts. Okay? That, you know, that speaks something to me. Hopefully you were not too interrupted by that. God sows the word in our hearts. Satan wants to come and steal that word away. But the word of God... Is sown in our hearts. That's something profound if you think about that. Because 
our hearts. Did God create the Word? He is the Word. Did God create the seed? Yes. Did God, who created our hearts? God. God, the Creator, created our hearts to bring forth a harvest, to bring forth fruit when His Word is summoned. God created our hearts to produce. Just like God created the natural ground of soil to produce a natural seed, God created the seed, God created the soil, God created the, our hearts with the capacity to bring forth our hearts when the Word of God is planted there. <coughs> I want to say this again because this is profound. Our Creator, who is the Word of God, created our hearts as soil because the whole seed and soil is just an allegory of how the kingdom of God works, how God works, how the Word of God works. And if we understand that when God created our hearts to produce fruit when the Word of God is planted in our hearts. Folks, when the Word of God is planted in our hearts and is watered by the Word, it will grow. And it's designed by God to produce a harvest. It's the keys of the kingdom. It's we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Okay? Seeds, the seed must remain in the ground. God says that when his word is sown in our hearts, it's supposed to produce. <coughs> Excuse me. But how many of you know a farmer, a gardener, when he sows the seed, can't just go dig it up? <clears throat> There's a time you need to dig up the potatoes. There's a time you need to dig up the harvest with the sickle, but not prematurely. Don't abort that seed before it's time. There's a time that a child needs to be given birth. But you don't go open the womb to see if it's still there. I know they have different technology to see what they call that uh, sonogram. Or, um, sorry, I've never been pregnant. But, uh, but they, they, they have, when you see what's going on, I think it's called sonogram. Excuse me if I'm totally off here. Okay, you don't want me to be a doctor. I'm a pastor. Okay, and so, but you don't open the womb to see if it has grown. You abort the child. Okay, that's called abortion. See, and we, we, that's evil. We're not for that. Okay. Jesus said, Jesus said, excuse me, if you abide in me, and my words, seed, abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. The key is that we abide in him, and his words, like in soil, abide in us. We ask what we will, and it will be done. All we have to do is abide and ask. Abide and ask. You can't when you're abiding in something, 
You can't just dig it up to see what's going on underground. See, the seed would die. It would never produce if you kept digging it up every two days. It must. In other words, when we plant God's word into our hearts, and we allow his word to abide in us, we must, by faith, trust that it's working. The mother and father must trust that that seed is producing a child inside. The farmer and gardener must, produce, must by faith, produce trust that that, that seed, let's go with the corn seed, is producing that corn inside the soil before they ever see the blade, the ear, and then the corn in the ear. Okay. Jesus said this way in Mark 11, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have Whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, isn't that what he just said here in John? Whatever you ask, so we done. What whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Jesus commanded every seed to produce after his own kind. He commanded it. When we plant corn, we expect corn. When we plant apples, we plant apples. When we, we plant lima beans, we expect lima beans. Donkey, donkeys beget donkeys. Cats beget cats. Monkeys beget monkeys. And go on and go. And caterpillars beget caterpillars. And we can go all, in, all the way on down to the ladybug. Okay? Everything produces seed after its own kind. And when we when we expect it, we when we plant it, we expect it to happen. As long as we cooperate with watering it and not digging it up, we expect it to produce when it's time. Called seed time and harvest. There's a time, there's a seed time, there's a waiting period of time called pregnancy, and then there's the harvest. Pregnancy can also be <coughs> Excuse me, known as expectation. That time, that seed, time, and harvest is called expecting. She's expecting. She's not expecting weird food, even though she might want that. Well, she's expect, she expecting a child. When the time comes, she's expecting that child, a healthy child, to be born. She's just, why would why is she expecting? A seed was conceived. Why is a farmer and the gardener expecting the harvest? Because a seed was conceived. Why is that dog, that mama dog expecting puppies? Because a seed was conceived. And Jesus said when we abide in him and his words abide in us, we can ask what we will and it will be done for us. He also says here that now we can speak to mountains and they'll move if we don't doubt in our hearts. Do you have some mountains in your life? Do you have some debt? Finances? <coughs> Maybe you created that mountain. 
Maybe someone else did something to you. Maybe it's a combination of something someone else did and something you did. Maybe it's something the government did. Is there some map? Do, do we need to remove some mountains and cast them into the sea? Call lack, call sickness, call cancer, call cough, whatever it might be. It, need, it needs to go in Jesus' name. But uh, and it, and we does not doubt in our heart. What's our hearts? That's where the seeds planted. But believe that those things he says. What's what are you saying? You're saying no. Mountain be removed and cast into the sea. We need to believe what we say. When was that seed conceived? When we believed and said those things. And when we believe that those things we said shall be done. That's when we when we said it, it was conceived. Just like Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. When when the angel Gabriel came to her, announcing that Jesus was going to be conceived of the womb, she said those words, let it be unto me according to your word. When she said those things, it was done. She believed it. Jesus was conceived in her heart when she said those words. When you heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and you said, Jesus come into my life, Gee, you were born again when you said those words. Paul said in Colossians, the same way you receive Christ is the same way that we walk in there. You don't, you, don't, you don't receive miracles a different way than you receive Jesus, the greatest miracle of all. The same way that you receive the greatest miracle called salvation and the forgiveness of your sins is the same way you receive every miracle. By believing in your heart and not doubting and believing what you said was done. I believe I was born again the moment I said I received Jesus into my life. It was done at that moment. It was done when I said those words. Okay? And he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, asking the same. Okay? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. Believe that you receive them. When did you receive them? When you said it, when you ask, don't doubt in your heart. But believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. When did you receive your prayer request? When did we receive your answer? When you said it. After I don't see the manifestation, see time of harvest. You're expecting. You're pregnant with a prayer request that needs to be answered. Don't dig up the soil. I think I need to go around this mountain again. You're asking God to do something. You're believing. You're standing on God's words for a miracle, for a vision, for wisdom, for whatever God has promised you in Jesus Christ. <coughs> you realize that your miracle is yours. You realize that if you ask anything in His name, it will be done for you. You believe it. So you say it. You're pregnant with that word because that word has been sown in your heart. Don't dig it up. Don't start doubting. Don't start doing abortion on that seed. Okay? Believe that those things will be done and that you will have whatever you said. You're pregnant. Like there's a seed sown in the soil of your heart. You're pregnant with that miracle. You're pregnant with that wisdom. You're pregnant with that manifestation of that answer. 
and the, the, the harvest will come, the, the, the birth will come, the fruit will come. You're pregnant with it. And you believe that you receive them, you will have them. I hope this makes sense to you because this is how you receive a miracle. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is exactly how you became born again. And this is exactly how you receive every miracle from God. The same way you receive salvation is the same way that you receive miracles and healing and provision. You receive it the same way. But you can't dig up a seed. You must believe the word of God and you must not doubt. This is powerful what I'm saying right now. Okay, Philemon says it the same way. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. We need to acknowledge it. We need to speak the word of God. We need to believe it. Acknowledging something is not just mouthing it. I'm acknowledging that I'm born again. I'm acknowledging that I'm healed. I'm acknowledging that I'm a child of God. I'm acknowledging that I'm going to receive my miracle. I'm acknowledging that we're going to have a child, if you're expecting from a natural point of view. I'm acknowledging I'm going to have a harvest of corn if I planted corn in my fields. I'm acknowledging every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. Why is it in me? Why is it in me? Because Christ's word and seed has been planted in my heart. It's in me. It's in me. And my faith in the word of God, Jesus Christ, will become effectual when I acknowledge, when I believe, when I acknowledge every good thing that's already in me. It's already there. It's planted. It's there. I'm expecting. I'm pregnant with the word of God. It's powerful. See, many put, many will have faith for God for a day or two. I mean, you'll believe this, you'll take this, you'll hear this message, and for one day, sometimes two, you're on fire, you're speaking it, you're saying, you're saying all over Facebook, you're shouting it, you're telling everybody where well, I'm going to get my miracle. But then you don't see the fruit in two days. You don't see the fruit in 24 hours. You don't see the fruit in five minutes. You don't see the fruit immediately. And so what do you do? You start digging it up. You're like, where is it? You dig it up by your words and your actions. Your, your words were believing it. Now your words are doubting it. And your actions are doubting it. You're not acting pregnant. You're acting like you just had an abortion. You just acted like you had a miscarriage. Okay, and you're asking instead of believing it without doubting you're asking where is it why didn't it happen that's digging up the seed okay but Jesus said excuse me okay sorry you can go here first the kingdom of God is not by observation you can't see the seed inside of a woman. You can't see the seed in the ground. You can't see it by observation. But the kingdom of God is in you. And you are pregnant with not only the kingdom of God. You are pregnant with the fruit of the kingdom. And the harvest of the kingdom. Okay? Jesus said, For the, the earth yields crops by itself. 
first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. This is called the growth cycle. The, the, the seed was gestated, germinated in the ground, and the, the first evidence is the blade, then the head, and then the grain on the corn in the head. Okay. See, many people are impatient. A farm has to be patient. A woman who's in child and uh, is pregnant, how many of you know she has to be patient for nine months? Okay? She's going to have to endure that thing. There's no way to microwave that child coming faster. Okay? And many people are impatient and they're wanting to bypass all three steps of the growth cycle. Okay? They want the full grain in the head now. Okay? But there's laws of the kingdom, there's laws of nature that God has established called the growth cycle, called seed time and harvest. And this concept of seed time and harvest works in every area of our lives. It works in our finances, it works in our bodies, it works in our relationships. It works in every area of our life. Our minds. <coughs> Excuse me. See, the seed must germinate until it can come to. It must germinate until it can come to maturity and produce a harvest. It can't. The seed can't produce a harvest when it's still a blade. And it can't produce a harvest when it only has a head, but there's no grain inside that head. We have to be patient. We have to endure. Okay? See, God's Word, the seed, the kingdom of God, is a sure foundation. We talked last week how the, the, the righteousness and truth are the foundation of the throne of God. It's the elementary Jesus. It's the foundation. Okay. And the kingdom of God and the word of God is living where? It's living in our hearts. It's been sown in the earth. Our hearts. The ground. And it will produce a crop by itself. Why? Because God commanded that seed to produce. God sent forth his word and it will not return to him void. Isaiah 55 verse 11. See, the word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and there will be a harvest. That's what the word of God says. That's what the seed says. And the kingdom of God is like a seed. The word of God says, that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The word of God says that death, death reigns, but much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through the one Jesus Christ. 
We're going to come back to this one more time. The Word of God says that God has invested into us an inheritance. And he prayed that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance that he's invested in you. <coughs> God has invested seed in you. And in that seed, excuse me, in that seed, That God has sown it in you called Jesus. There's an inheritance. And in that inheritance, there is exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working <coughs> of his mighty power. When he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him, like we talked last week, at, at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only this age, but all that, that which is to come. And he had put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, to the fullness of him that fills all in all. The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God. The word of God says that, if we receive this abundance of grace and give them righteous, we shall reign in life. The word of God says he has given us an inheritance by which the whole, the same power to raise Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God far above all principalities and powers. God, the word of God says he has put all principalities and powers at our, underneath our feet, the church, because he is the all of all. And he, he, he is our all of all. He is our everything. The Word of God says this. The Word of God, that's sown in the heart, says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believeth. That the just shall live by faith. The Word of God says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. That's the, that's the Word of God says. The good news, the seed says this. And the seed proclaims peace. And it brings glad tidings of good things. <coughs> Excuse me. And who proclaims salvation. And who says to Zion, his church, his bride, his people, that our God reigns. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And our God, the gospel, the good news, proclaims peace, proclaims salvation, and says to us, his church, our God reigns. The word of God says that we've been re He said... Where God says that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was was a, is a line of Judah. He's a line of Judah, and he is standing in the midst of a throne, and he's standing as the Lamb of God who was slain. That he changed the music in heaven, that they sang a new song, saying, "You, <coughs> you, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll to open the seals, for you were slain." And have redeemed us to our God by your blood. And he has made out of every tribe and tongue, a people, and nation. We have a lot of nations watching this message today. And he has made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. The word of God says this. The word of God says we are supposed to reign. The word of God says we are supposed to seek first his kingdom. The word 
of God says the kingdom of God is within this. The word of God says that we are destined to reign. The word of God says our God reigns. The word of God says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us, above, above all principality and power and dominion, that which is, is here and also which is to come. The word of God says we have been redeemed by his blood. The, 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 the lion of Judah, the lamb of God, is in the throne of God. And, and he is saying that we have been redeemed by his blood as kings and priests to reign in the earth. See, this is what the word of God says. And this is what we need to believe. This is what we need to be focused on. See, our eyes need to be focused on Jesus and his kingdom. We need to seek him first. We need to pursue righteousness and peace and joy. See, Jesus said the kingdom of God is, through Paul, said that God, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We need to pursue righteousness. We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We need to pursue peace and joy by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. And we, he also said, and I love this, I'm going to want to come back to it one more time, that much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through life through the one Jesus Christ. What is all this saying? Because this grace and this righteousness and everything I've been saying this morning about the same power that raised Christ from the dead and he redeemed us by his blood as the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God speaks to the finished work of the cross. Because of Jesus, we are supposed to reign in life. And we need either that just Christianity is just religion, or that is a seed by which the kingdom of God works. Because the whole kingdom, the whole premise of everything I've been sharing, is established on the principle of God's grace and His gift of righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness is a gift. You can't earn it. And when we understand His abundance of grace and gift of righteousness. It propels us to reign in life. We need to understand these two things so that we can reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. These two things propel us to reign in life by which the kingdom of God is established. Because unto us a child is born. Jesus came to die that we can live. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. This Jesus redeemed us by his blood, as the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God, sitting on, standing on the throne of God, and he's made us keys of priests that we might reign on the earth. 
Jeremiah says it this way. Thus says the Lord God, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories, glory in this, that he know, understands and knows me. We need a glory that we know Jesus. We need a glory that we know Jesus and what he accomplished by his amazing grace and his gift of righteousness. <coughs> we need to know Jesus because we've been redeemed by his blood. We need to know Jesus so we can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We need to know Jesus so we know his word as has been sown in our hearts. We need to know Jesus so that we can understand that his work, his good news, his gospel proclaims peace. And proclaims salvation and declares that our God reigns. We need to know Jesus. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And far above all principality and power. And he's put all things underneath our, his feet. His, the church. We need to know Jesus. is the same yesterday. Today and forever. We need to know Jesus. Because when we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. We, our faith becomes effectual. Let us be a people who depend on God, who depend on Jesus and his finished work for wisdom, for might, for miracles, for grace, for provision, for healing, for wholeness, for everything that we need is found in Jesus and his finished work. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to everyone who believes. For then therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith so that we the just, the righteous shall live by our Boast. Boast in him. Boast in the fact that you understand and you know God. You know Jesus. I'm not boasting about any of this other stuff. These are benefits of salvation. Don't get me wrong. We've been preaching that. But I'm not boasting in this. I'm boasting that I know Jesus. That's what the whole book of Revelation is about. It's not about end time events. That's included. It will happen. But the whole purpose and premise of the book of Revelation is that you understand and you know Jesus. It's called the revelation of Jesus. Not the revelation of end time events. It's the revelation of Jesus. Proverbs, or Romans, excuse me. Romans says, again, much more than those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, salvation, it's much more than for forgiveness of sins. Yes. Let me go here real quick. So that, so as a reign in so as sin reigned in death, even so grace reigned through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Yes, salvation. Yes, in him we have redemption through his blood to forgive us of sin. I am no way, shape, or form trying to water down our forgiveness. That's the greatest miracle of all. That's the greatest thing. If, if you don't have this, you have nothing. We've been redeemed by his blood. And we have it. We're not trying to get it. We have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, the abundance of his grace. 
and it's through the abundance of his grace and the gift of righteousness that we reign in life. Let me go back to three. That we reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And it's in just a death reign. Even so, this grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Folks, we have the keys of the kingdom. It's called Jesus. It's called grace. It's called righteousness. It's called joy. It's called peace. I'm here to proclaim peace. I'm here to proclaim joy. Most of us don't understand how powerful joy is. Peter says that our we have joy unspeakable because of this redemption that we have in Jesus, because of this grace, because of this righteousness we have in Jesus. We have the keys of the kingdom. And those keys, we the Every principality and power is under our feet. And we have the keys of the kingdom to bind things and to loose things in the name of Jesus. We have keys. We have, his, we have to pray his kingdom come. And his will be done on this earth as it already is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no crying in heaven. There's no strife in heaven among friends, among couples. We pray that his kingdom will come and will be done as it is heaven. We have the, that's not the verse I wanted, crown the year with goodness, I'm going with that. But it's supposed to be Matthew 6, 13, for thine is the kingdom. And the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Because Jesus said, Repent. For the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. Okay. And it's to my Father's pleasure to give you this kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Don. Is the kingdom. I hope this has made sense to you. I feel a little wobbly as uh, with some of my transitions, but I hope that the Holy Spirit's been able to plow through all that. I'm here to say the kingdom of God is here. And we need to know who we are and what we have. We need to believe it and use it and exercise it and, and cooperate with it. I got eight minutes left. I can I can keep going for a few minutes. I, it's rare that I finish early. But there's just something that just resounded in my heart beyond even just the message and different things. Is that this Christianity is supposed to work. We have an awesome inheritance. We have an awesome God. We have an awesome salvation. We have a awesome benefits of our salvation. We have a kingdom of God with keys. All we have to do is believe. <coughs> and not doubt. Because the same way that a seed works, 
is the same way that the kingdom of God works. And we need to get that kingdom, that seed, sowed in our hearts, watering that seed. And we need to believe it and receive it. If we can understand the parable of the sower, Jesus said we can understand all parables. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like seed on the ground. We want to make it some mysterious thing. When the kingdom of God is as simple as a seed sown in our hearts. And it produces a harvest. If you can understand seed time and harvest. If you can understand seed and how a, a woman becomes pregnant. You know why the devil wants to pollute that so much with so much immorality? Because something that God made beautiful, something that God in Hebrews 13 said the marriage bed is holy. He's distorted something that's beautiful. And has to pray the enemy has depraved it to make it something ugly. When it's a beautiful picture of how the kingdom of God works. Called seed time and harvest. Okay. We want to make it something gross when there's something powerful. Because when, just even going with the word sex for a moment, when sex is done properly in a marriage bed, it produces a miracle of a child. Among many other things that are going on in that marriage relationship that you'll have time to go into that are even more powerful that you can't see with observation. Because the kingdom of God is within us, and you can't see it. We can't dig it up. We need to, you know, this is just keeps, there's a couple things I've said throughout the series that keep resounding. I have a few minutes left, so I'm just going to uh, use my five minutes. Okay? But there's certain things I've said throughout this, this message that are just resounding in my heart, and I just want to echo some of those things. First of all, the kingdom of God and righteousness has been echoed over and over again. You understand righteousness. You understand seeking first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. It's the key to the kingdom. Today, when I talk about the word of God, the word of God and the, and the kingdom of God are synonymous. If you can understand seed, you can understand how the kingdom of God works. When you understand righteousness and the seed of God, you can receive your miracle, whatever you're trusting God for. That's how powerful and profound what I'm trying to teach you is. We have the key, keys of the kingdom. What are keys? Keys unlock something. Keys lock something. When I walk into my house or my car or my office at work, I don't expect to struggle. I don't, I don't expect to have to stand there and give some passwords where I have to open. I expect it to unlock. Just as simple as me putting the key in the keyhole and turning it and I hear that click. It unlocked. Or flipping the switch on the light and the lights turn on or the lights turn off. The kingdom of God is not mysterious as we make it. Our miracle is not as mysterious as we make it. It's supposed to be that easy as turning the keyhole with the right key. And we have the key. To, and what is the key? We are children of God. We're born again. We're righteous. We have the seed. We have the DNA of that miracle 
in us called Jesus Christ and the finished work. We understand grace and the abundance that we have. If we understand righteousness and the gift of that righteousness, if we understand those two things, it's like a two-step verification code on some website to get in. We understand the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And when the communication of our faith becomes effectual, when we acknowledge these things that are in us, His grace, His righteousness, His seed, we understand these things. The kingdom of God is within us. You can't see with observation. We have it. It's within us. It's here. And yet most of us, including myself, are living far low than what God has provided for us through the blood of Jesus. Is all these benefits the main point? No. The main point is that you're forgiven, that you are redeemed, and that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to heaven and not hell. That is the main message. That is never not going to be the main message. But there's much more. Not because it's better, not because it's more important, but because it's included in our salvation. And you and I need to receive the salvation. And we need to walk in our inheritance. And we need to walk in our blessing in the name of Jesus. Go do it today. Go receive. Go move some mountains. Go heal the sick. Go raise the dead. Go live like children, sons and daughters of the King. And go and be the people of God. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen.